Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So last night, I, I had this dream. And in this dream, this is a real short dream. I wasn't sure if it was, I, I, I thought for sure it was a devil dream. But after I saw what God had me do, I'm thinking maybe it was a God dream. But in this dream, I can't even explain. It's really strange. But there was like these little, I guess it was supposed to be representing something on the iPad or something like that. But it was like these, like, these women dressed in really strange outfits, nothing, nothing sexy looking or anything like that, but just strange. And there was such a, gosh, I wonder what this is about. And there's like three or four of these little, it almost seemed like books, but I think it was more like supposed to be probably websites or something. And I remember thinking, well, gosh, what can it hurt just to look at it? But as soon as I started to look at it, I felt really grieved in my spirit. So I stopped. And then I took authority over it, even in the dream, and said, no, devil, you're not going to put this in my spirit. I'm not going to have nothing to do with this in Jesus' name. And then I woke up. And I said, oh, my gosh, what was that? So I asked God to forgive me for even in a dream, thinking of looking at it, for even thinking that it was worth being curious about something. And I asked God to forgive me. And then I said, Lord, if the devil gave me that dream, then whatever demon did that, I wanted to get the punishment of Satan on judgment day. And I sent it to the pit in Jesus name. And he better never give me a dream again. And then the Holy Spirit was there so strong. The spirit of the Lord was there so strong. It's like sitting there talking to Jesus. And the Lord said to me, Cindy, you have no idea how perverted it is out in that world. My only contact with darkness for the most part, is when people walk in here and need deliverance. I mean, I get to live in a nice little Holy Spirit bubble. And I'm happy about that. But not if it blinds me to not know what Satan is up to. I just want my generation, even 10, 20 years younger than me, what these kids are up against. We have never seen the kind of darkness. And what that dream was about is it's disguised in something looking, something to be curious about, but not blatantly as perverted as it is. And then they open that up and it grabs you and it pulls you in. And over a short amount of time, you are in so much bondage that you don't know what to do with it. And you walk around feeling ashamed and trying to hide it and, and trying to justify it. And the Lord put on my heart, he says, Cindy, the perversion and the profane that has been released against your nation is beyond anything that's ever been released from evil. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, what do we do? 
How do we help this young generation that has been drawn in and sucked in and sitting home looking on things on the computers they shouldn't be looking at and even hearing garbage in, in school and perversions in school and holding lie after lie and barely ever going into church and barely ever hearing truth in church or anything that matters. They sit there and they act as if they're so innocent. And I'm going to tell you, some of you moms who got some kids who've been in trouble, you have no idea how much trouble they've been in and how much trouble they're still probably in. And I want to tell you, get in their business. I was in my son's business when he was 18. I'm still in their business. Amen. I don't have that say in their business because I'm not paying any of their bills anymore, but I can pray. And they know I know their business because they've learned a long time ago they can't get away with much. Thank God. Amen. Moms and dads, grandparents, get in your kids' business by being led of the Holy Spirit and come out of delusion land and realize it is a wicked, wicked, wicked world. And so I'm sitting there going, God, how, what do we do? Does everybody get that what's going on in, in America right now is just revealing wickedness that's been building and building and building and building for probably 40 years or more. It's not a surprise. This perversion's been going on and going on. It just gets deeper and deeper. Satan is never, does anybody know this? The reason they call it addiction is because it's not really, there's no word addiction in scripture. The truth is once Satan gets you, he puts you into bondage. And once he has you in bondage, you will never, ever, ever satisfy that bondage. He will take you into more bondage and more bondage and more bondage and more bondage. And if you should have children while you're in that bondage, that generational curse of bondage gets on them. And takes them into deeper bondage than you ever walked in. Which is why things get more evil. The world's getting more evil because our bondage is transferred to the next generation and then their bondage is until the world is so dark. But on the other hand, when there's blessing, the next generation can walk in more revelation about Christ. The next generation can move in more authority and power in Christ. So how many know in the things of God, Satan's perverted kingdom, which is just an imitation, in, in, but perverted, of God's real kingdom. And so the spiritual laws go both ways. So that's why the Bible says deep, deep darkness is going to cover the earth before the return of Christ. But great, great light and glory is going to be on his people. Amen. It's not one or the other. It's both at the same time. Amen. And so I'm sitting there, or literally I'm sitting there, and I'm going, God, this is, this is like overwhelming how we've closed our eyes and allowed the last generation, if not the last two generations. And this is for those who have your kids in public school and they watch anything they want on TV and they're on the internet doing anything they want. I'm telling you, you closed your eyes and let Satan get in. Now, there have been Christians who have diligently done the, made sure that didn't happen. And I'm thankful to be one of them. 
until they grew up and they've had enough teaching and this and that. I'm not saying they're perfect or they need their own encounter with God and their own relationship with God to hang on to them. But I'm going to say this. Do not ever apologize for being strict and having holiness in your house. Just make sure they have a good time. My kids can't grow up and say, oh, we never did anything. My mom was so spiritual. They may grow up and say, well, we didn't watch Star Wars and we didn't watch anything perverted and we couldn't watch weird cartoons that look like demon figures were in them. But my goodness, we did go out on the boat and we went camping and we went, we were in this sport and that sport and this sport and we had drums and we had guitars and we did this and we did that and mom drove us here and dad drove us there and we, we did, they did everything. That was wholesome. How many know your kids would rather have you do some fun, wholesome things with them than just give them access to perversion as a babysitter? Amen? We should have the most influence on our children. But when we're in bondage ourselves, and we live in fear and we don't do it based on how good God is, but based on how afraid we are, it backfires. So I'm sitting there with the Lord last night and I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do for this generation that's basically lost? And the Lord put on my heart and I'm just tell you what he told me. He said, well, you need to pray for an outpouring of my spirit like you've never, ever prayed for an outpouring of my spirit. And then I was reading in Zechariah again, the same thing. And he took me right to the scripture says, it's not by might. Okay, that might means the energy and strength and intelligence of man. It's not by power. And that power means violence, military force, um, something in the world's way of force. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And the Lord said, the only way to win this nation, the only way to rescue your children, the only way to set people free because the times are so evil is by my spirit. And the Lord said, I need you to pray and believe, even starting tonight because it's like four in the morning for an outpouring of my spirit to see people really set free don't try to do with words even though they're awesome words and word of god is anointed amen you shall know the truth the truth shall make you free but right now the bondage is so strong that you need the anointing to break the yokes amen and the lord said you've tried with words to get people free but this is a season when you need an outpouring of my spirit. Let me tell you this. It will come to almost not. How many know the four years that we had with a righteous, someone as righteous as they knew how to be. But, but being in alignment with God and his agenda. Getting rid of the murder of babies. Getting rid of, um, of destroying this nation with perversion. Getting rid of sex trafficking. Getting rid of, of, of drug abuse and lawlessness. And how many can see that evil can wipe that out in a day? But evil cannot wipe out a move of the Holy Spirit that changes hearts. God would prefer 
that abortion comes to the end because nobody wants to murder their babies than somebody being told you can't. God would prefer a people who cannot say yes to a, dem to a demonic platform because the Holy Spirit in them won't let them. See, God has always and will always be about the heart of people. And the church has got to get back into the fight, the good fight of faith for a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. And we need to quit fighting with Facebook posts. Amen? We need to quit fighting with people who are blind and deaf to the things of God. We need to see what does God want us to do? How many know that you can't stop an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that wants to start on 75 million people and their children? So you're looking at over half of our nation is ready right now for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Half of our nation is crying out for righteousness and to stop the lawlessness and to stop the violence and to stop the injustice and to stop the perversions. There's like, there's like over half of our nation, even those who aren't born again, are crying out for God to do something. So we're going to begin to believe for those people to walk through these doors and those people to encounter God. And those people to find God. And that's going to break the light, make the light so bright that even some of those in pure darkness are going to get sick of their sin. Amen? Sick of it. There's going to be kids who are going to be sick of looking at pornography day and night and feeling filthy. There are going to be those who are going to finally get tired of getting high and landing feeling sick and watching their life ruined. Amen? So... I'm not afraid of darkness. I just think we need light. We need people to have a choice. Not a compromise. But a real choice. And not self-righteousness. Okay, self-righteousness is look how good I am and you're so bad. Self-righteousness is a superior thing to try to oppress somebody else because of who you think you are. God's not into that. God's into you choose. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Choose this day. But he wants a representation of himself on the earth. And he says clearly, they will know you, know, they will know you belong to God. You really know him because of your love for one another. So Satan is all about getting us to fight each other. Let's all in this place decide today, we're not fighting believers anymore. We'll pray for them. We'll lift them up before the Lord. We'll, we'll ask God for encouraging words. But we're not going to be antagonistic, argumentative, and using Satan's weapons to try to win darkness into light. Amen? How about that scripture, win them without a word? By your good deeds. You want to know how to win them? Go do something nice for them. Bless those who curse you. Bless them. Be the one who will babysit. Be the one who will serve. How many know we need a baptism of servanthood 
in the body of Christ. I, I, I get so yay in my heart when I see things like, I see maybe somebody who's, who's hurt, who maybe doesn't have the most godly family and has hard times. And I watch people in this church who already have their hands full. They already have kids. They already have lots of activities. And I watch them take some of those kids home with them and show them what, without trying, they just do it. And show them what God, God is like. They're not sitting together in a committee meeting go, oh, let's try to do this. No, they just live it. We've got to begin pe to be people who aren't self-centered, self-absorbed, and selfish. Amen? And I'm talking to myself too, amen? We've got to be people who die to self. Just that simple. And shine. Yeah, Jesus says, if they, wanna, if they, want, your, if they want your shirt, give them your coat. If they want this, give them that. It's like, don't be bogged down in these games that Satan is manipulating right now to cause us not to show God's love. I'm not talking about codependency, um, passive, and, and, and baloney. Amen? I'm talking about a purposeful decision to walk in love. A purposeful decision to bless when we're cursed. A purposeful decision to die to self. And, and to post what God wants you to post and not what you would want to post. Amen? And, and God wants us to focus in this church on praying for an outpouring of his spirit. To be in this place every single meeting. Ho! And every time we go to pray for someone. Last night, someone, and you don't know them, so don't worry about it. But I got called to go to minister to someone who was having issues with their identity. And because of some things that had happened in some very hurt places they, and some things going on in school, they really did not know if, um, what their gender was. And God just sent me in, in love, but strict, I mean strong. I don't go on kidding around. And I watched this person get free. I watched the devil come out of this person. Made a lot of noise. I was kind of afraid they'd call the police, the neighbors. Amen. And I watched God heal somebody who could have gone through years and years of counseling and never have changed. You have to speak the truth. The truth isn't always pretty. The truth about hell is not pretty. The truth about how God created us is pretty. But to someone who's in deception, you better tell them what it's really like. I want everybody here to know, and if you have grandchildren or you have children or whatever, you will stand before God on their judgment day. And your cute explanations for their sin Everything's going to be exposed. And God's going to ask you, what did you say to them when you saw the sin? And how did you say it? And did you warn them that they're about to be put in hell? Did you try to stop it in love? Because too many of us are enablers. 
We don't speak the truth. Now, I'm not talking about the self-righteous who says everybody's going to hell but them. I'm talking about someone who really, really loves, but really believes God's word and says what needs to be said. And let me tell you, when you speak the truth in love, people receive it. When you speak the truth to scare somebody, it doesn't work. When you speak the truth, but you yourself are so in bondage, it doesn't have much impact. So we've got to be people who get free. Amen. We've got to be people. We've got to quit trying to think, oh, this is a big one. This is going to take a long time. God is telling me, quit thinking things are going to take a long time. Ask for my outpouring. Ask for my spirit. Ask for me to do what only I can do. Amen. Ask for me to do what only I can do. And don't make it about you. If you are a new believer and you've seen some miracles and signs and wonders, well, yay, hurrah. But don't make it about you. It's not about you. You can't do anything. Amen. We can't do anything without Jesus Christ. We're not to touch his glory. We're not to get puffed up because we know how to yield and he flows through us. Amen. Do you don't get it? Die. Let him do what he wants. How many knows he'd be doing a lot more in our world today, but it wouldn't look like what we're all mainly seeing on Facebook. Amen. So Lord, show us how to love. Show us how to set people free. Show us what to do. And I'm going to talk about compromise. Okay, I'm cool with what most of the prophets are saying, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm cool with the prophets that are saying who won the election in the eyes of God. I'm cool with realizing that God's up to something. So let me talk in code for a second. When I was talking to God at four in the morning or whatever time it was, I think it was four, four, fifteen. And, and I pray before I go back, but really listening to a lot of prophet teach. I love how quickly God can make me not even want to watch the news. And when he had me watching the news, I almost couldn't quit watching it. Now I can't hardly watch it. I love where he's in charge. And I'm not just playing a little religious game of trying to be real spiritual. I'm living a yielded life and doing what he wants when he wants. I'm not hitting it 100%, but I'm getting closer. Amen? He's so awesome. He is so awesome. When he has you as a watchman on the wall and you're kind of intense, it's not the most fun season of, of walking with God, but it's one of the most important seasons he's had you in to walk with him. Amen? And when it's really him, you can't think about anything else hardly. Well, you know, I... I there's a scripture um, that to cause idolatry when you, all you want to do is eat and drink and get up and play. He calls that idolatry. God calls it idolatry when your heart is to eat and drink and get up and play. So I, people's posts about their vacations and running away from what God's calling people to right now, I'm not jealous of that. If you were God wants you to be, then be there. Do what he wants you to do. But believe me, showing me you sitting in a beach chair or, or holding up, uh, you know, a toy you won at the amusement park or whatever doesn't faze me. It doesn't faze me at all. But praying that you're in God's will, that there's a reason you're where you're at. Amen. If God wants to relocate me to Florida, 
It's because I'm going to do divine <laughs> spiritual warfare for the person who just started their own nonprofit this week. <laughs> who has not given up on this nation and God has not given up on him. Whew. That's what I'd be doing there. And I'd be fine with that. And I might do it in a beach chair. But I'd be doing that. Amen? Amen? But if I'm here, do you know we have a lot to do in Virginia? Ho! A lot. And I'm going to do it. God promised me he was going to give us Virginia as an inheritance to righteousness. So we're going to do it. I'm excited to do that. As much as my flesh would like to run away to a, a place that likes red right now. There's 50 of those states. I'm just going to trust God to keep me. Where you might be singing the blues. <laughs> and you're learning to have favor in captivity. Whoa! But he's going to bring his glory on you and he's going to do something for his purposes. Amen? Amen? So wherever he has you, make sure he's the one who has you there and do what he's showing you to do. But pray for his outpouring. So the Lord was like, Cindy, what you need is an outpouring of my spirit. Because it's the only thing that can compete with the outpouring of wickedness that has been released on the planet. Because we are in that season. And, and I would say, get rid of covering doctrine so you don't listen to anyone to try to get answers that the Bible doesn't tell you the exact answer for. Amen? And the Bible says to live every single day as if Christ is returning. So for those who don't want you to live every day like Christ is returning, something is wrong with their doctrine. But let me say, living like he's returning today doesn't mean you're hiding. It doesn't mean you're not about the harvest. It doesn't mean you're not about glorifying God. Whoever came up with that, where is that from? I can know that if he comes tomorrow, praise God, but that gives me more to do in the next 24 hours to get people saved, right? So we need to get rid of some of this wrong thinking that if I think he's coming tomorrow, then I'm not going to be about my father's business. If I think he's coming tomorrow, I should be more about his business than ever. Every disciple thought he was coming tomorrow. Every apostle thought he was coming tomorrow. So I'm a little bit concerned with how things have been twisted around where if we think he's coming tomorrow and it's the end times, somehow that means we're not doing anything and we're hiding. Do you see what I'm saying? It's so backward. If I think he's coming tomorrow, then I should be working as hard as I can today about my father's business. I want to know that people are going to be in heaven if he comes tomorrow. Amen. I want to know that they can stand before his throne. There's nothing about thinking he's coming tomorrow that should in any way, shape or form in our thinking make us think it means we're not supposed to do something now. He said, 
says when you see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Does that mean he's coming tomorrow? No, the Bible says nobody knows the, the hour. And yes, there are things that haven't been done yet. I believe that. So that just helps me to know we have some time to be about the Father's business. Amen? But when Jesus makes it clear that maybe only half the church is going to go to that wedding feast, we don't know how many half the church are. We don't know how many are the real church and how many are the ready to be the bride church. There could be a half right now. We could all be out of here tomorrow, that half. If that's what Jesus meant by that. Well, how do I think it's, I don't care what it is. I just know I'm going to be in the half that Jesus talked about that gets to go. I'm going to be the virgin with oil. And if you want to play around and not have oil and still hope you're that virgin that makes it to the marriage supper, then go for it. But the Bible says they will be put out where there's gnashing of teeth. That's what it says. And that's Jesus in red talking. Isn't it amazing how Jesus liked red? Anyhow. <laughs> so I'm going to go over some scriptures that he gave me well let me so when I was talking with him he said to me especially for for this church he said we have to go and heal the brokenhearted but we're not going to take the long 20-year plan that most of us had to go through to learn. Amen. We're going to see an outpouring of his spirit to bring deliverance if we have our hearts right. Amen. We are going to watch people walk through that door and get healed and delivered. Amen. We're going to watch people fall in love with Jesus before they walk out of this place. Ooh, I feel it. We're going to begin to see the power and the glory of God in this place. How? Beyond anything we've ever seen. Because he knows I'm not trying to make a name for myself. I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm doing my best not to have to write another book. But I know I'm supposed to. I'm not trying to jump on the hour and the time. I'm not trying to put my prophecies out there and make sure somebody important sees them. I just want what he wants. Amen? I just want what he wants. He's looking for who can he trust with what he wants to pour out. I think he can trust most of us. Oh, there's so many things in this. Let's go to 1 John 4, 5. Okay, so I'm going to go to 4, 1. Loved ones, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. All right. We need a cleansing of our spirits, of our spirit man. There has been so much crazy delusional stuff being said and posted and released as information that the enemy, the spirit of Jezebel has been very successful to release confusion into the church and try to cause the prophets to attack each other. The enemy is doing everything that he can right now through the spirit of Jezebel to push back all that God has done in the prophetic movement in the last 40 years. 
Okay, in the last 40 years, God has restored the prophetic to where they're, they're now bringing correction and direction. They're talking about how to hear God. Um, there's, there's moving in the gifts of the spirit and, and people having revelations of God and recognizing what angels do. And, and under, you know, there's been a lot that has come forth in the last about 40 years. Powerful prophetic music, prophecy, all these things. And yes, it still has to get more matured as God brings an apostolic power to it, right? But what is the enemy doing? Attacking right now everything that God has done. Don't be a part of attacking what God has done. Amen? We all see in part. There's not a single prophet or a person who says they're an apostle who sees fully. Amen? God did it on purpose because no person can take the place of Holy Spirit in your life. No one. Amen? No one. So the whole covering doctrine of a hierarchy of leaders who hear God better than you and see God better than you and walk with God stronger than you is a lie from the pit of hell that came in when the white horse was released out of the book of Revelations that was Catholicism that brought the dark ages. Amen? And with it, with that white horse released from the enemy that God allowed to come, because it's written in his book of Revelations, amen, came organized Christianity with a hierarchy of leaderships whose main goal was to get your money. And the reason the church agreed with it was to stop persecution, which took all the glory out of the church and took away the word of God from the believers. Now, how many know Satan would like for that horse to do that again right now? Like, let's stop these people from hearing God. So we need to renounce that doctrine. And if people don't get that, it's too late. Get it. There is no such doctrine in scripture called covering. Satan is called the covering cherubim. He talks about, he's, he, he does a web. There is a five-fold ministry. Amen? There are pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles. And they're being restored in that order. Amen? Believe it or not, Martin Luther was a pastor. Because he came forth out of Catholicism and organized religion as someone who was able to study the word because of his calling there. And Holy Spirit got a hold of him so powerfully, he had to renounce organized religion and go back into relationship ministry. Amen? And I won't get into all the others, but the, we, were, we were being restored all the way up to the prophets, the prophetic. And then, oh my gosh, it's been a Hades. Satan is so afraid of that because the people are hearing God. The people are believing in angelic hosts. The people are believing in revelation. The people are getting um, supernatural. Amen. And Satan knows, oh my gosh, if the apostolic is restored, which is pure doctrine, power, then it's over for the enemy. He will lose so many souls 
People will be set free. People will be healed. People will be delivered. People will run to light. And the ones who don't run to that light have chosen the delusion. Amen? But we're going to be those who run to light. Amen? But we have to be those who reveal light. And light is full of love. Full of love. God wants all to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. All. Amen? So, what love would look at right now is if some people get to come into this nation in a way that many people would be upset about. And they may be coming in with all kinds of diseases and sicknesses and religious things and demonic things and issues and problems and probably the enemy's trying to do it to try to destroy. Our God has a principle that says all things work together for good to those who love him and are called to his purpose. So I have to get the heart to say, oh good. Here comes some we don't have to go find. Let's get them saved. Let's get them healed. Let's get them delivered. Let's make them love our God and then love our nation the way God set it up. Amen? Does that mean I'm in agreement with how the enemy is setting this up? No. It means I'm in agreement with God's bigger. See, all things work together for good to those who love God and called according to his purpose. So if we have to go into that mode, this is an all things moment for most of the church. Amen? How many say, I'm in an all things moment. So all things, which is all of this, works together for my good. Because I do love God. And I am called to his purpose. Amen? Woohoo! We are in the all things moment. What part of time do you think we're in, Sister Cindy? I think I'm in the all things time. All things work together for good to those who love God. No question, hands down, I know that I love him. I will obey him. I will speak boldly. Lord, help me. And, and I love him. I love him more than I love any human being. I love him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I, just, I told him that this morning. I said, God, I just love you with all of my heart, all of my soul. All my emotions, all that's in me, Lord, I love you. With all my mind, all my thinking, all my reasoning. And Lord, with all my strength, keep me strong. Amen? And Lord, I know I'm called to your purpose. Now that doesn't mean a five-fold ministry call. It's mean my heart's desire is to do my father's business. My heart says I, I could be, I could have an occupation and be, that's a tent maker. That's an assignment. But in that assignment, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm not just there. I'm not there to get money. I'm there because God's placed me there for his purposes. I'm there to shine. Amen. So, so if anybody says, well, where do you think we are? We're in the all things moment. How I many know oh, I've been in the all things moment a lot of my adult life? Amen? And that all things led to over, or, um, financing and helping an orphanage. And I no longer am going to say where it's at. 
and seen over 48 children taken care of and being trained up to serve God. That all things means talking to pastors who had almost no understanding of God's word and other nations, which altogether would add up to hundreds for God's glory. That all things would be ministering and helping people who, who I never probably would have hung out with before because my circle wouldn't have had me doing inner city kind of ministry. Amen? I want you to start thinking about your all things moment. Instead of murmuring and groaning about what's going on and where you are and how things are. Because if that's your thinking and you've got murmuring, you don't get, you are not in your all things moment. Which means you don't know that you love the Lord yet and you don't know that you're called to his purpose. You're still in some kind of bondage. All right. Loved ones, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see if they are from God. We need to do this with what we let in our eye gates and our ear gates. We need to seriously repent. If we've been into some of this conspiracy stuff and some of these weird little backstage things about what's going on for years and we followed it like a soap opera, we need to really get this out of our spirits. Because it could actually put a wall between you and God. It could stop you from hearing God. The Lord was showing me this. Some people think it has to do with their past. Why they can't enter into a deeper place with God. And it's not your past anymore. It has to do with you as a grown person knowing God. And still entertaining these spirits. And, and these spirits get into your reasoning. And try to make you gullible. And then you can't even see what you normally would be able to see. And you follow that thing. Because once you step in to that trap, there's a demon that's trying to take you deeper and deeper and deeper in to where it's almost embarrassing to get out. And you almost want it to happen so that you can show you're right. And then you get that thing and you can get in relationships and as long as you're going to be right and you can prove they did this or this and you live in this whole place of suspicion. You live in this whole place of, of keeping records of wrong. You live in this whole place of delusion, people. And, and let me say this, even if you just tasted it a little because it's been all over the Christian uh, internet since, since the election, it's funny, since the election, the people who were into it before the election got all excited because now you're going to see we're right. No, now we're going to see you're trying to leave others into a trap because you can't believe the true apostles. You can't believe God's word. You can't believe who he is because you've become double-minded. And this perversion has to get out of the body. And look long-term. Let's say we get past all this, whatever, whatever. If you let the enemy in your reasoning like that, do you not know that things like Alzheimer's and dementia and, and just losing your sound mind come from opening those doors? We want to close those doors once and for all. Some of you need to fast it. Some of you need to get off the internet and not post anything. You need to not look at it. You need to spend that time in God's word. You need to spend that time in God's word. You need to spend that time in God's word. Amen? What is looking at that 
going to do to change anything? So you can see I knew. Knew what? Knew that you couldn't trust God? Knew that you couldn't walk with God? He says, do not believe every spirit. So the minute I begin to be gullible and believe every spirit, then the enemy can begin to get me. He's talking to believers here, people. He's talking to mature believers here. He goes, test the spirits to see if they're from God. How do you test the spirit? Well, if you actually get around the person, you can say, who is Jesus? And they'll probably start cursing you. But you can look at the fruit in someone's life. I mean, there's literally one person. If there's one person who is a spokesperson for this delusion, and that spokesperson, they can prove that believes that they are married or they had a love child with an alien from another planet and they're serious about it and they go on shows and talk about it, why would you follow that person? Now, if that person is a big spokesperson for that whole demonic movement, how many can know get out of that thing? Plain and simple. That shouldn't take long to pack your bags, renounce it and repent and get it out of your spirit and ask God to forgive you for posting any of it, including me. I posted a little bit at the very beginning. I didn't see some of this stuff. And then I started saying, this is weird. This isn't right. Amen. Amen. But we're going to have to get cleansed tonight. Amen. We got to get free from this tonight. We, we don't need it. We don't need mixture. Okay, we don't, there's mixture. This is just one part of mixture. There's mixture in people who think it's okay to have perversion and sexual sin and justify it somehow. The, Satan's all about mixture. Because if he can get, if he can pervert that living water in you, none of it's any good. And he can take your sound mind. So I'm asking God tonight, we need an outpouring of his spirit to completely cleanse us from this. And then we need to totally stay away from it. Amen? What good's it going to do anyway? It has everyone praying, or not everyone, it has a lot of people praying in the wrong direction. And let me say this. When I was speaking with the Lord, and you can see if this yay in your spirit or doesn't, it's between you and God to know. But I, can, I believe that he knows exactly what's going on in the U.S. right now. And he is the author of it. I believe he's doing exactly what prophets said he was going to do. He has used the former president, his words, his, his new organization, to be a wrecking ball and expose all the evil and darkness. So why are you surprised when you keep seeing more and more? Why are you surprised to see it in that court system and that legislator system and that party and this party and then that party? How many know it's deeper than we've seen yet? How many know it's more perverse than we've seen yet? So don't you, let, once you bring everything to light, how? when you bring everything to light, it gets exposed. So until it's all brought to light, Let's not even pretend to want God to stop it. He's doing exactly what he said he would do by what the prophets were saying. 
We could see that not much could happen even with someone who wanted righteousness, even though they were probably more concerned about the economy. But still doing what needed to be done. How many are looking at a demonstration of God showing you that it can all be taken away quickly unless we expose darkness? Hate it and watch God get rid of it. Amen? And cause a people to stir up, a people called by his name, a people seeking his face, a people humbling themselves, turning from their wickedness, real repentance, a people like us who've repented for believing some of these delusions. If you haven't, I am so over everybody repenting for everybody else's sins of the past. Just repent of your own. There's plenty. There's plenty of repentance needed, even in the most fine-tuned, beautiful-looking people church. Amen? They're just so delusional, they don't even know it. So they're going to tell everybody else what their sins are. Look at you. Amen? So God's serious. He's shaking everything. He goes, I want you to keep doing what I told you to do in my word if you want to see me save your nation. If you want your nation healed, there's one thing to be doing right now. We are to be seeking the face of God, not the hand of God, not the show us God, not just, not just, there's nothing. We're to be seeking his face. God, I want to intimately know you. I want to be a friend of yours. I want to walk with you. I just want you no matter what. I'm going to seek your face. If my people called by my name, you're going to be born again. Called by his name for real. If my people called by my name would humble themselves. <sighs> Humbling yourself means, God, show me me. God, help me see me. God, show me my heart problems. Show me where I'm missing it. Show me where I'm part of the problem. Help. That's humbling. If my people called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face. Because you actually can't seek his face until you humble yourself. And then turn from their wicked ways. Renounce it, hate it, see it, repent. Then pray. Then talk to him. Because now your prayers are righteous. They're going to prevail. He'll heal your land. It doesn't say that if this many wicked, wicked people get in and this many people do this and that. This scripture doesn't count. God doesn't say, dang, it's too bad. I'm taking this scripture out now. Going to hide it in my pocket and say, ooh, y'all missed your moment of opportunity. Especially if you really look at what he's doing. He's shaking everything that can be shaken. He says in his word that if all you want to do is play, eat and sleep, it's idolatry. Amen? And that's what most people are more worried about. So few people are really, really worried about abortion. So few people have not sought the face of the Lord and realized how much he hates watching what he was about to bring forth for his glory be murdered in the most sacred place in its own mother's womb. 
and in a nation that's supposed to be under our powerful God, to see statues of Satan and Baal left standing by statues of some of the founding fathers with all of their worst parts. But still, for their time and season, God used them. So get over it because we, we do as much evil in our generation, if not more. We do more evil in our generation. We've seen more babies murdered and do nothing. So if you want to save lives, all we have to do is get an amendment that gives human life its citizenship and start in its mother's womb when there's a heartbeat and there's blood. That's it. We would save thousands of lives a day. And we'd have a very, very happy God. Because we don't understand what he has invested in that life. We don't understand the dreams he has for that life. The future he has for that life. All that he has planned for that life. They tried to kill all the babies to stop Moses, the deliverer. I can see I'm not getting into all this teaching tonight. huh? <laughs> Test the spirits to see if they are from God. Can we start doing that? So let me say this. Even if it's correct information, which most of it is not, if it's not from God, why do you as a believer care about letting it in your spirit? Amen? Okay, I don't want a polluted spirit. Can I tell you this? When we get free from this, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's freedom. Wouldn't it be nice to hear God? Wouldn't it be nice to feel his presence? Wouldn't it be nice to have him as your comforter? Wouldn't it be nice to have him ordering your steps and putting your relationships together? Wouldn't it be nice if he could get the hardness out of our heart from following the wrong voices so that we can love the way we're supposed to love and be loved? And he wants to do that tonight. So don't let the devil say, oh, it's too hard for you. I own you too much. It's not. All you have to do is hate what God hates and repent. And we're going to believe for an outpouring of his Holy Spirit. It says, many false prophets have gone forth into the world. Okay, a false prophet doesn't necessarily need to claim that they're a Christian. A false prophet is someone who is telling you what's going to happen in the future. That they're making up in delusion. They might even believe it or they might just be trying to get your money because you're gullible. They might just like to play with your head. It's amazing how none of that has been banned. So I would almost say now, if it's not banned, you probably don't have to worry about it. Because Satan wants it out there. Amen? Someone said, if it has that pre-written on it, share as fast as you can before they take it down. They don't even take that down. Amen. They take down real evidence from real people who you know who've, who've risked everything to bring that before you. Their, their safety, their careers. These are heroes. These other people aren't heroes. These other people aren't losing anything. They're just making a lot of people follow them and they're laughing. All right. 
Every spirit, okay, get this. Every spirit which does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. And this is the Antichrist, which you know is coming and is already in the world. All right. So what's, what is God telling his people? Listen to people who know Jesus Christ. Stay away from Antichrist. Okay. Can we just start doing that? I want to stay away from Antichrist. Don't you want to hear God? Amen. You can't have mixture and hear God because you've chosen not to be his sheep to hear his voice. You're choosing to follow another. Some of the stuff, you know, it's, it's like, remember that dream I was telling you I had, it was like, come on, you know, and you kind of, well, what could it say? And, you know, and, and then you start to get in there, but your spirit knows until you get to a place where you follow that wrong voice so much that you lose discernment and you put a roadblock there. If you already had one there from being wounded as a child with a wall or something to stop emotion or false spirituality, or you were in some kind of false religion, okay? And you could already have a wall there. Do you see? what I'm saying then this is just Satan jumping in there with a new wall after you find God after you know how to forgive after you know how to renounce the other thing and now there's this new thing there and you're like where's this coming from amen because everybody get when Satan can get that kind of wall there he can keep where you can't get free from pornography amen. so then you got to be a pretender you got to pretend you're holy you got to pretend you're okay and 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 um and you got to sit around in shame let me say one thing the enemy does with this kind of following the wrong spirit. He causes you to live in shame and try to cover it up. And then you have to, especially for this false stuff going on, you want it to be true so you don't look gullible. Well, just look gullible, get over it and repent. Amen? He wants you to justify your sin. Quit justifying it, bring it under the blood, repent. Amen? God's merciful. And if you go to a church that loves God, they're going to be merciful. And they're going to want to help you, but not when you keep covering up and pretending you can't get free. Now just know, if you've got that false wall there, if you've got something else acting like the guard to your spirit, and you've been in false spirituality, you've been in any kind of false religion, and, and you've gotten into any of this false spiritual prophecy stuff, amen? Then that wall, that demonic spirit can keep all that piled up and then you think God can't rescue me God can't get through how many know that's a lie from the pit of hell why would you be sitting here why would any of you be listening to this if God's not trying to rescue you amen quit acting like the devil is bigger than God amen young man amen okay I'm over people acting like the devil's so big He's only big because you keep worshiping him. You keep serving him. You keep listening to him. You keep doing what he wants. Tell him in the name of Jesus to get under your feet. You're over it. You've had it. The blood of Jesus sets you free. You're not buying into this delusion more. And let me just say this. You can be following political parties, any of the three, Republican, Democrat, or Independent, and following a false spirit. Amen? We need to get free from a political spirit. God had me prophesy this at a meeting and everybody thought I had lost it. What is she talking about? This is like right before the election stuff, like six, five years ago, five or six years ago. And um, the Lord has me prophesy, had nothing to do with what was going on at the meeting. 
And Lord, have me warn everybody, you better get free from a political spirit. You better break the power. He's told what it was and everything, or you're going to go into deception. Everybody looked at me like, what is she talking about? I was like, oh my goodness, Lord. That didn't go over well. <laughs> Amen. He was warning. Sometimes he has people ahead of what's coming. Instead of in the middle of it. So don't get a political spirit. I'm not saying you can't be registered. I'm staying registered under one of the parties because I want to have a say in the primaries. That's called wisdom. We Christians can be so goofy. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not paying, I'm not being a part of that anymore. Well, then you just turn the whole thing over to somebody who doesn't hear God. We've got to start using some wisdom and get off our self-righteousness. Amen? Amen? Got to be a little bit prudent. All right. So, the only spirits we want to listen to recognize that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That Jesus Christ was born into the human race and died for our sins and rose again. Amen? We got to know that. So don't listen to anybody who doesn't really know that, preach that, and believe that. What about news people? Why listen to news people? Find a Christian news person who knows those things. Amen? All right. Little children, you are of God. All right, hear this. He's not telling you you can. He's telling you who you are. Little children. So he's even saying, even baby believers, you are of God and you've overcome them. What is he saying? You don't have to be that big in the things of God. You don't have to know that much about the things of God. You don't have to be that mature in the things of God. Even you little children, born again, if God's spirit lives in you, you have overcome these false prophets. You have overcome these false voices. You have overcome them. I want everybody to say, I have overcome them. I'm not trying to overcome them. I have overcome them. Woo. Okay. Now I want you to get this. Because if you're always battling to overcome, then you're coming from down under where Satan is destroying you. But if you would come up high in who God, what God has done for you, then you can look down and say, I've, always, I've already overcome. And then you actually can. If I'm above what the enemy is doing because I get free, I can say, wait a minute, his blood set me free from this bondage. What the heck am I bowing to it for? His blood set me free from this kind of hate. His blood set me free from self-hate. His blood set me free from worry. His blood set me free. His blood set me free from everything. Why am I sitting under the enemy acting as if he has authority over me when I am ruling and reigning in Christ Jesus who has already set me free? Don't ask Jesus to set you free. Walk into the reality that he has. And quit listening to these false prophets. And they can come as psychiatrists, doctors, politicians, world leaders, pastors and preachers, and anybody in between. If they're not preaching who Jesus is, and that he says, even the little children you have overcome. So I, I want you to change your mindset from I'm going to overcome to I have overcome. 
Anyway, I said, yeah, but I haven't yet. You, mm, faith is the substance of things hoped for, earnestly expected, not seen. So I speak in faith, not fear and unbelief. I said, well, isn't that lying? Not if you're believing. When I said that my son would live and not die and glorify God, when I said he would not be blind, he would not have diabetes, he would not just be four feet tall, when I said those things that went against what the doctors were saying, but there wasn't a single indicator I was right. <coughs> I don't believe for one minute they would have happened. I don't believe for one minute I would have, my son could have overcome those things had I not already seen that he had overcome those things. He overcame them in Christ. If you're overcoming something over on the couch, if you're overcoming something, you have to see yourself healthy because of who God is. You have to see yourself hungry because of who God is. You have to see yourself letting the appetites that are naturally placed in you by a God who knows that you need to eat to live are alive and well because God is on the throne. And you no longer can be depressed when you're walking around recognizing this is done. This is your problem. You need to get this. Quit trying to overcome in your flesh and come from the revelation I have overcome. I overcame the attacks on my son's health years before that healing caught up with him. Oh, let me just say this. Let me just say this. If you can't see it the way God declares it, you are not going to get it. You're nowhere close. You've wasted years. Years you've wasted. Years and years you've wasted. Years and years you've wasted. Of seeing what the devil's doing and never believing what God says. So let me just say this. I believe with all my heart that God is not finished with the United States of America. I believe with all my heart the greatest hour for the church to rise up in this nation and be a light to nations. And this will be a sheep nation. This will not be a goat nation. And Satan has no authority to steal this nation. And he won't. And God can let it shake because it needs to shake. The church needs to shake. The church needs to wake up. The people of God need to see themselves as overcomers and quit identifying with a political party. Quit identifying with anything but Christ Jesus. You are not black if you're a Christian. You're a Christian and then your skin's black. I'm not white and Caucasian or European or whatever you want to say is my identity. My identity is in Christ. And we are one in the body of Christ. We are one body. We are one body. And we appreciate that God knows how to create his body. I'm not going to apologize that I am married to a Caucasian white man who was born in America that loves God. And you should not ever feel like you have to apologize for your skin color. And I am not going to go along with a popular belief to put one people down to raise another people up. It's all ridiculous. And it's trying to cause a, an extreme bunch of pain. And it will cause the pain not only to the people trying to be oppressed. It will cause the pain in a bigger fashion to the people who are now trying to oppress our God is one about freedom. He's not one about oppression. Amen. And love never fails. Never. Love never fails. 
When does love fail? Never. Well, I don't know. Love never fails. If something in your life is failing, it's because you don't know how to walk in love. You don't know how to love God. You don't know how to love yourself. You don't know how to love your family. You don't know how to love the body of Christ. The Bible says, if you're a believer, the only thing I see that makes you sick as a believer is because you don't discern the body correctly. So repent. God, help me understand your body. Set me free. Set me free from everything, generational curse or anything else that's caused me not to discern the body correctly. Help me, God. Because I have overcome. He says, little children, you are of God and you have overcome them. Why? Because he in you is greater than he in the world. How can you? Ah! How many know it doesn't get any bigger than God? Does everybody know it doesn't get any bigger than Holy Spirit for real? Come on. Oh, what is wrong that the church can't see how big God is? Do you really think that the creator of all things can be beaten by a defeated devil who's already been thrown out of heaven? Not at all. Not even close. This is a good fight. We win. Because we've already won in Christ. It's time to open up our spirits and quit living with these lies of these false voices and get free and hate what God hates. It goes on. He in you is greater than what's in the world. All right? Christ in me is greater than communism. Ho! Christ in me is greater than Islam. Christ in me is greater than Catholicism. Christ in me is greater than perversion, wickedness, anything else. Christ in me is greater. Does anybody not believe that? Christ in me is greater than sickness. Christ in me is greater than poverty. Christ in me is greater than life. Christ in me is greater than anything. He's God. And he's in me. How cool is that? It doesn't get any cooler than that, you guys. Nothing in this life will ever get cooler than being born again of the Spirit of God. Christ in you is greater than pornography. Christ in you is greater than self-hate. Christ in you is greater than emotional blockage. Christ in you is greater than sickness, mental illness, than drug addiction, than perversion. Christ in you is greater. Period. End of discussion. Just believe. Since they are of the world, because of this they speak like the world, and the world hears them. All right. Quit listening to those who are of this world system even if they're saying what you think you want to hear. My hope is not in some, my hope is not in the military. My hope is not in President Trump. My hope is not in um, the law system. Boy, we're learning all this, aren't we? My hope is not in the Republicans or the Democrats or the independents or the Senate or the House or the, the local government or the governors. Amen? My hope is in Christ Jesus. And none of those other things are even close. They all have to bow their knee to him. All of them. So honestly, kind of like cat curses, enjoy the show. Don't get mad if somebody won't bow their knee to fear. What do, 
we have to attack everybody. If they don't believe like us, we're going to make them believe like us. You're not going to make me believe like you. I'm going to believe like God. I'm going to believe like God. I believed like God for 20 years for my son to be healed and he's healed. Do you think I'm not going to believe like God for this nation in, well, we've been believing like this for years. How many know God answered prayers for four of those years to get everything exposed? And everybody's in shock. I'm not in shock. There's not even a single thing that's happening that surprises me because of what God already revealed. We're so funny. God, clean this up now. God goes, how can I clean up a mess? Okay, if you're cleaning your house and you got one of those low-lying beds and all kinds of fur balls and stuff get under there and Kleenexes and all kinds of junk, right? But you can't see it because you can, your little vacuum won't even go under there, you know? So you go, your little robo guy, he can't, he, he bumps and bumps, he can't get in there, right? Does that make it clean? No. So it may take longer to take the mattress off, to get somebody to help you move the thing over some, and do a thorough cleaning. Do we want God to do a thorough cleaning? Or do we just want a half-done cleaning that will just set everything in order to rebuild wickedness? Okay, so I believe he has not removed the low-lying furniture yet. I believe, okay, if you got those, those shelves, let me just say, I was looking for something for my taxes yesterday, and I climbed up on this chair to look on top of this thing. Oh my gosh, there was dust up there. It's still there. I haven't had a chance to clean it. <laughs> Amen? So that room wasn't clean as much as I've been cleaning it, because I never got up high enough to see what still needed to be clean. How many know that what God is cleaning up is worse than our houses? And some of y'all got pretty bad houses. This is worse than that. Amen? <laughs> we are of God, the ones knowing God hears us. Okay. Get this. Wake up. Everybody look. You have to believe that God hears you. So if you were the devil and you knew that they are of God, the ones knowing God hears them, what would you do if you were the devil? You would try to get in a spirit of error, false prophecy, anything you can, so they were not sure that God hears them. Amen? See, I know he hears me. I know he's true to his word. But Satan has done so much perversion and so much false this and false that and conspiracy that there are people in this room and people watching who honestly deep down do not think that God hears them. How sad is that? It's a lie. God hears you. But you have to believe it. You have to believe he is who he says he is. And you have to choose to stop these false voices. Amen? You have to choose to do that. And they're all over the church. So nobody feel under condemnation anyway. But I'm telling you, you can go to the churches that look like they got it all together. 
And there is such a yucky, yucky anointing in some of these places. You can, I, I've been places where everybody thought it was the big deal and I couldn't even stand to be in there. I'll be honest, some of the places that have been really crying out in this whole thing, um, some people have gone to and said, oh, the, it was so bad in there. So how many know we need a big cleansing in the body of Christ? We need a cleansing from false voices. We need a cleansing from false prophets. We need a cleansing from hurt people not getting healed and going after spiritual things for the wrong reason. Amen? All right. We are of God. The one knowing God hears us. I want you to say right now, I believe in faith. God hears me. No, say it like you mean it. I believe in faith. God hears me. Okay. This little group over here, I want y'all to say it so loud that you make the devil scared. Okay. We're going to, everybody's going to join, but y'all are going to yell it. When I say three, we're going to say, I believe in faith. God hears me. One, two, three. I believe in faith. God hears me. Ha! No, y'all don't know that scares the devil. If y'all would get together and walk down your street and say that out loud, you'd be having the devil run away from you instead of you running away from him. Amen? The enemy's going to do everything he can to pound you that God doesn't hear you, God doesn't love you. What is the devil trying to do right now to the prophets who've stood up to say that God is not finished with America? He's pounding them. Apologize. Who are you to tell somebody to apologize? Who died and made you Holy Spirit? Yes, sir. The, the Bible says that you will be judged for every single word that comes out of your mouth. Every idle word. There is life and death in the power of your words. See, if you would actually talk like God talks, you would be amazed at how much you would change. Amen? So we need to say what God says. We need to say what God says about this nation. We need to say what God says about healing. We need to see what, but first we got to come out of delusion and hearing the wrong voices. And we have to get to a place of humbling ourselves and seeking his face and turning from our wicked ways and recognizing they're there. All right. Whoever is not of God does not hear us. All right. This is why you don't argue with people who aren't born again. If they don't know God, they're not going to believe you. They're going to think you're loony. Okay? If they kind of know God, but they're purposely stubborn right now and not listening to him, the devil's going to try to make them think you're loony. That's where you have to have your character being changed into his likeness at the same time that you're speaking truth in love. Amen? God knows how to win them. The Bible says you can win them without a word. I think some of us need to work on that one. Amen? I know it's hard for me to believe. God got a hold of my husband because I won him without a word. And anybody knows how much I preach and teach and talk has to know that had to be a miracle. Amen? It's the truth. I have never preached at him. He got saved watching me change. Just like the Bible says. Right now, 
I think my kids are watching more that I'm not saying the conspiracy stuff and I'm not apologizing for who I believe God to be, but I'm not getting an argumentative spirit with them. I think they kind of feel bad for me. Gosh, mama's really, really hoping. I just smile. I'm still really, really hoping. But I don't, that's not even about it. It's about you can't shake me. I've already been through it. I've already been shaken. I'm prepared to help other people get through the wilderness. Does everybody get it? We have to first get out of Egypt. We're still in Egypt. Hmm. If we want to believe this is Moses' story, okay? If you really study the Moses story, Moses goes and the Pharaoh says, okay, get out of here. We're tired of you. And then he changes his mind. And then he does it again and he changes his mind and he does it again and he changes his mind. And in the middle of all that, all the wealth begins to come to these people who are about to leave. Like by the time God's finished with Pharaoh, by the time God's finished with the curse that comes in the house, according to Zechariah, that tries to steal and then swear a false oath in the pre about God, while they're trying to set up wickedness and give it a platform in this nation, according to Zechariah 4, I believe. When you do that, God's not being your friend. He is shaking them. I am so glad I am not part of that crowd. Oh, I am. There is one miserable group of people right now. And they got God on their case. Amen. So we just got to keep our hearts right. Lord, let them find you. Let them repent. God, show mercy, but save our nation. Lord, thank you. There's nothing hidden from God. Nothing. So quit acting like he's blind or that he's judging us or any of these other things. There's a shaking. Because we need to shake. He's exposing things. He's so cool how he's setting everything up. He's so cool. He knows what he's doing, but he's always wants repentance and mercy. He wants people to get right because nobody knows what happened to those people and how they got there. Amen? All right. Whoever's not of God does not hear us. So get used to that. From this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So there are people who think they're Christian, but they're so deceived they're not of God and they don't hear us. And they up when you don't hear God or people anointed by God, you fall over into a spirit of error. All right? So let me just say this. Those who've been listening to conspiracy stuff, those who've spent their life researching and reasoning and uh, being suspicious and all this kind of mess to come in, the devil to take your sound mind. He wants to get a hold of your reasoning and pervert it. Those people, okay, those people are operating in a spirit of error. They can't tell truth from error. How many don't want to be one of those people who can't tell truth from error? How many know there's a lot in the body of Christ because of whatever? They've been listening to a spirit of error so long that's not based on love and truth that that spirit of error has gotten into the church and it's being preached from pulpits and it's being, and, and, and people, and then that same spirit of error is very much trying to get into the prophetic movement right now. It's trying to get into the charismatics and the evangelicals. 
And we need to say no. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to fight. I'm not looking for false hope. I don't need false hope. I got real hope. I know the God who, who took care of Moses and those guys. Amen. I know the God who can harden the heart of Pharaoh. Do you not see God's hardening the hearts of these wicked people so that he can really set them up to be seen for what they are? I never quite understood that back. I said, Lord, why would you harden their hearts? Don't you? He's hardening their hearts so people can really see what's in their hearts. So people can wake up and say, is this really what you want? Do you really not want to have jobs? Do you really not want to be able to work and take care of your family? Do you really, really want to keep murdering babies and, and acting like it's okay? Especially when it's so out of proportion even to race. Do you really want um, to be so lazy that you can't go and, and show ID for something really important? What do you really want? Do you really want violence to try to intimidate you? Do you really want lawlessness? Is this what you really want? People, hold on to your seats. We are looking at God showing people what they said they want. Then there's a whole group who said that's, they do not want that. And that group has got to chill and walk in love and become light. Amen? And that group has got to be ready when God says, okay, more people are seeking light than darkness now. Those people have got to be there without a I told you so, you need to apologize attitude that we're seeing in the church, which is ridiculous. Amen? If we're going to do this thing right and not have the horrific outcome that came after the Civil War, we have to do this one right. Amen? We have to be humble. We have to seek his face. We have to turn from our wicked ways. And we have to not have anybody have to humble themselves to us. You only have to humble yourself to God. Amen? Whew. Little children, you're of God and have overcome them because he is in you and he is greater than what's in the world. They're of the world because of this. They speak like the world and the world hears them. So if you don't buy what the world is saying and, and so you, you call certain things as if it's fraudulent, um, certain things you wouldn't call news that a lot of people think is real news, it's because of these scriptures. Bye. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? So expect the world not to hear us. Expect the world not to discern. But let's get our spirits cleaned up so we can really discern. See, I'm not saying anything based on false hope. I haven't changed anything that I'm saying. And if I did, that's nobody's business but me and God's. Amen. We're all changing into his likeness. But here's the bottom line. God told me that he's shaken everything. God told me before any election that the church is in a mess. The bride's not anywhere near ready and she doesn't even know it. I remember asking it, how are you going to do this? How's anybody ever going to listen to what you want to do next? And, and he just would laugh. 
How many know he put the entire church in a wilderness in one second? On November 3rd. The, the true, all the churches in the wilderness, rather, whatever political spirit they're listening to doesn't matter. They're still in the wilderness, right? There's a big what's going on. I'm like, wow, Lord, you really did wake everybody up. Call it the rude awakening, amen? But he's getting people serious about him, who he is, what his word says. Nobody's having a good time right now just having, you know, pretty lights and fancy electric guitar players and singing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus or something, you know. People are like, I want to hear God. I want to hear his word. I want to feel his presence. Amen. All right. We want to know the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. So I want you to ask God to forgive you for embracing the spirit of error anywhere in your life. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for embracing the spirit of error. I ask you to cleanse me from it in Jesus' name. I ask you to completely take it out of my thinking, out of my heart. I want to be completely cleansed from the spirit of error. I have overcome because I am your child. And I hear you because your word says I do. Set me free. From the spirit of error. Set me free. From false prophets. Set me free. From the spirit of antichrist. I ask it in Jesus name. Whoa. And I believe it. I believe your anointing is here. To deliver me right now. In Jesus name. I only want you God. I only want to know you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, and Heavenly Father. I want nothing to do with the counterfeit. Set me free. In Jesus' name. I know you're big enough to do it. You are greater than anything in this world. You are greater than anything that held me captive. You are greater than any lie, any false doctrine, any false prophet, any spirit of error. You are truth. Set me free right now. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Get all those lies out of my spirit, out of my head, out of my heart. Ho! Get them all out. I believe your word is truth. I'm going to walk with you. Set me free from the spirit of the world. Set me free from the spirit of error. I break the power of suspicion, superiority, and intellectualism. And I embrace the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me, to teach me the ways of God, and to bring me into all truth. Cleanse me, God. Set me free to discern spirit of truth from the spirit of error. 
Forgive me for releasing the spirit of error. God, you know that's not in my heart. Please set me free. Set anyone free that I've released that to. I forgive anyone, even ministers, who have released a spirit of error into my life. I break it off. As you forgive me, God, I can read your word. I can ask your spirit to teach me. I can discern and hear who is speaking for you. Forgive me for blaming others. You died for me so that I could hear you, so that I could walk with you. You are the head of your body. I'm part of the body, and you have headship in my life. And I break the power of every spirit of error that has tried to stop you having that place in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, whoa. We are of God, the one knowing God hears us. Whoever is not of God does not hear us. From this we know the spirit of truth and error. Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God and everyone who loves has been born again from God and knows God. So, Lord, right now, we ask you to get all the hate out of the hearts of the people in this room. Self-hate. Father, we break the power of every single spirit of error that has allowed hate to stay hidden in hearts. We break the power of keeping records of wrongs. Oh! And we release complete forgiveness tonight that we can be forgiven. Father, I just ask now that you would just cleanse people's thoughts from the things in the past that have hurt them, the lies that have been told. Lord, that people would repent for dwelling on those evil things that's been said about them, evil things that have been spread about them. And God, that people would repent for thinking on those things, spying on those things, being suspicious about those things, and somehow feeling okay because they found those things out instead of running to you and asking for healing. Lord, we can't handle evil. We have to let you handle it. We cannot deliver ourselves from evil. Ooh. We cannot deliver ourselves from evil. Your word says, Father, deliver us from evil. So right now, say, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, precious Holy Spirit, deliver us from evil. All the evil done to us, all the evil spoken into us, all the evil, we ask you to deliver us from that evil. Right now. Only you can deliver us. God, thank you for delivering us. We command every spirit where we tried to deliver ourselves. Or we were okay with it. We thought we could handle evil. Oh, Lord, any way we handled evil is evil. <laughs> Forgive us from agreeing with evil. But deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. 
Deliver us from suspicion, paranoia, fear, hate. Deliver us, God. Deliver us, God, from hurting others. Deliver us, God, from walls we've placed up to not feel anything, to not have emotions. Deliver us, God. Forgive us, God, for thinking we could deliver ourselves. Forgive us, God, for thinking we could just handle it. We're not to handle it. We're to ask you to deliver us from it. God, we ask you to deliver us from false doctrine. Deliver people from pornography. Deliver people from soap operas and witchcraft. Father, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. There's nothing to do with evil but ask you to deliver us. Forgive us for thinking of other things to do with evil. For thinking our evil isn't as bad as someone else's evil. All evil is evil. We're not to compare ourselves to others. Set us free. Our Father who art in heaven, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth, in us, Lord God, in this church, Lord God, in the church, Lord God, in our nation, Lord God. Your kingdom come as it is in heaven. Give us this day, God, our daily bread. Take care of us. Provide for us, God. Give us our spiritual food and give us our natural food. We put it all in your hands. Forgive us, God, our trespasses. Forget, uh, forgive us, God, how we went against your word. Forgive us, God, how we've hurt other people. Forgive us, God, how we used evil to entrap other people. Forgive us, God, how we judged other people. Forgive us, God, for our trespasses against you. Deliver us from evil. Father, we forgive those. We sincerely forgive those who have trespassed against us. We forgive them instead of punishing them. We forgive them instead of lording it over them. We forgive them instead of running through our minds over and over what they did to us. Forgive us for getting vengeance back instead of trusting you. Forgive us for not walking in love. When we didn't walk in love, we helped the enemy to destroy them. Forgive us, God. Break all soul ties. Break all the bondage that Satan has done between us and other people. Forgive us, God. Heal us, God. Make us so that we can love. Soften our hearts. Give us your heart. Give, your, give us your heart, God, for our family, our spouses, our children, our parents. Give us your heart, God, for your family. And give us your heart for the unsaved. We want to love. Set us free. Heal us. Father, lead us not into temptation.
Father, help us now not to go the way of temptation. Help us not to give into temptation on the internet, not to give into temptation in, in how we eat or don't eat, and not to give into temptation of perversion, to not to give into temptation. Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from this evil. Deliver us, God. For yours is the kingdom. Father, you have the kingdom. You have the unshakable kingdom. And you've made a way for us to be in that kingdom. For yours is the kingdom. Lord, yours is the power. The power that overcomes. Not the power to overcome, but the power that has overcome. Say, I walk in the power that has overcome evil. I walk in the power that has overcome hate. I walk in the power that has overcome fear. I walk in the power that overcomes every bit of torment. Every bit of shame. Every bit of false identity. Every bit of hate. I walk in the kingdom. And I have the power that has already overcome. And Lord, you have the glory. You get all the credit. You get all the praise. To you belongs all the glory. And I'm so thankful that my life can glorify you. I'm so thankful that my testimony glorifies you. It glorifies the reality that yours is the kingdom and the power that has overcome. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. And, and you could just read all of that. It's so powerful. How many have felt the presence of God? How many believe that his power has overcome evil? How many aren't searching any longer for him to overcome evil? You're just searching for him who has overcome evil. I'm searching for him who has overcome evil. He wants me to find him. He's setting me free and cleansing me. I'm serious. I'm serious. You need to seriously repent of perversion. You need to seriously, perver it's perverted to try to take God's place in controlling someone else. It's perverted to follow false prophets. Amen. It's perversion. Amen. It's against God's ways. It's profane. We don't want to profane the things of God. Profane means to take what's holy and say it's not holy and to take what's not holy and to make it holy. Amen. Amen. And we want nothing to do with evil. Amen. Nothing. How many know we are a new creation in Christ Jesus? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Is anybody struggling with condemnation right now? Huh? Just a little bit of condemnation? Okay, so if you struggle with, what's condemnation? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You'll never do that right. You'll never amount to anything. You better try this harder. You better do that more. Okay, that is Satan being your judge. That is Satan saying, you better do this. And see, here's where we need to forgive even politicians who may be trying to destroy our nation. They live in condemnation. They live in that voice telling them they're not good enough. They live in that voice telling them they'll never accomplish this. They'll never do that. And, and they're always fighting that, even, even doing evil. 
And God's like, just quit judging everybody and get free from condemnation. Condemnation is letting Satan tell you who you are, what you can and can't do, what you can and can't eat. You see, it's his voice of being your God and your judge. And God says, just pick who you want to serve. And then you tell that voice in the name of Jesus, shut up. Get under my feet. I have overcome you. I have overcome sickness. I have overcome if it's mental illness. I have overcome hate. I have overcome self-hate. I have overcome the love of money. I have overcome eating disorders. I have overcome addiction. I have overcome unclean stuff. Amen? Amen? I mean, amen and amen. Get it? I have, you have overcome drug addiction. You have overcome alcoholism. It's not something you're striving to do. It's something that's already been done when I see him. When I enter into who he is, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Amen. I've overcome the world. I've overcome fear. God's going to take care of things. I just get to watch. And pray and do what he shows me. Because we're just revealed his wisdom to the principalities who are trying to be in charge. Amen? And we don't bash each other. I'm thankful that right now there are people being called by God. But let me see. I, I just love this church. I got to tell you. I used to not, but I really do now. Amen? I mean, God had to really change my heart. Amen? I would not want to minister to anyone else. I mean, God can fill this place up, but I love what he has us doing. Amen. I love that God has called us to be, to, over, to heal those people who've been so hurt. Amen. To watch them become powerful in God. To, to cause people to let go of their false identity and enter to, into who they are in Christ. Amen. How cool is that? To, to watch Satan lose all his authority and power in every area of our lives. No longer listen to teaching all of how to overcome. Unless you have the revelation. I my identity in Christ has already made me an overcomer. Now these are the things I'm going to do to walk that out till it's 100% real in my life. Amen. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about truth. Truth. I've got to start with truth. And God will teach me to war as I have truth. Amen. And, and all of us are learning and growing. So who knows? If you hear something really bad that I taught before, tell me. We'll throw it out and re-preach it. Amen. Amen. Because he's setting us free. Amen. We're going from line upon line, precept to precept, glory to glory. Line upon line is his word, his word, his word. Precept, his heart, his understanding. What is he really after? Glory, his divine presence, his supernatural power, all the super thing, supernatural things we have. Every, every step of it, there's some word, there's, there's a revelation of word, there's a precept except the heart of God and there's some glory and you just keep walking it up and walking. It doesn't make somebody wrong and horrible that they're down here just getting the line and entering to part of that and part of that. Amen. But we, we need to start being those people who recognize that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and I'm ruling and reigning there. Amen. And everything that doesn't agree with that has to bow its knee. And, and, and part of that is really being in the word, trusting the word, believing the word, and obeying God. Just really knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. 
And so um, this wasn't even half of what I was going to preach tonight, but oh well. I didn't think I was going to preach. I really just thought God was going to pour out his spirit in a powerful way. How many knows he did? And how many know when we get together and we have more time than two hours that his presence is going to really start being in this place? But you don't come in here looking for God to use somebody to heal you. You come in here looking to God. I want you to walk through these doors and walk out of these doors. And everywhere, I want you to wake up being an overcomer. Not trying to be an overcomer, being an overcomer. Until the devil knows that you know it. He, he, he's so scared of you. He's so afraid you're going to get free. He's so afraid. I cannot wait. I, this is why I think that God's still going to have a gigantic season of his glory. Because he wants that devil trembling at his name. He wants that devil trembling when any of his people even begin to pray. See, see, God's really cool in this big thing, this big game. He, 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 he already beat the enemy. Piece of cake. And he says, this will be pretty cool. I'll have human beings made in my image and my likeness beat him by identifying in me. Whether you like it or not, God's the one who made this game. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And what he's after is so different than us and our problems and what the devil wants us to think. So we just got to get above it. We need to count it all joy right now, what we're going through as a church and as a nation individually. I count it all joy, this trial. I'm serious. I count it all joy. Where's that scripture? We're going to end on that. And then we're going to, we're going to pull up this thing to make you guys laugh. Actually, I guess, well, I don't know if we could pull it up while people are still watching. We could get everybody to laugh. I don't know how that works. Um, let me, where's that scripture? Count it all joy. It's one of my favorite favorites. If you can't count it joy, you haven't realized you've overcome. Hmm? Probably. Yep, James 1. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the proving of your faith works endurance or patience. Okay, everybody. God's like, church. We're going to prove your faith. And it's going to work endurance in you. Endurance means I can endure no matter how long a season is. Make it over, God. Okay, we give you to this date. Okay, no. Mm -mm. He wants to add. He wants to add proving your faith with endurance. Some people have proved they don't have faith. But that's okay. They can get some. Let patience or endurance have its perfective work. Whoops. Do you mean when God lets this thing stretch out, it perfects us? If you let that happen, you'll be counting it joy. Amen? You'll be counting it joy. Because how many know you've already spent more time with him than you have in a long time? How many know you think about him when you wake up? You think about his ways? How, more people are reading his word. More people are listening to other teachers and prophets. And there's those just pretend of faith. But most of us have gotten past pretended faith. And now we are letting us endure all this. We're going to endure every single thing that is signed and written and voted for and done. And we're going to endure and we're going to count it joy and we're going to keep on and we're going to keep praying and interceding, not in fear, but faith overcoming and knowing God is working patience because we're being perfective, 
He said, when we're perfective, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. How many want to lack nothing? How many want to be mature, perfect in him, lacking nothing? But if any of you lacks wisdom in this journey, hello, let him ask from God who gives to all freely with no reproach and it will be given to him. God says, hey, in this journey of counting this thing joy, you might need to ask me for wisdom. But I won't be upset with you if you do, and I'll give you wisdom. Amen? Amen? So he, he tells us, he says, but let him ask in faith, doubting nothing. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven by wind and being tossed. In other words, that person is just back and forth, back and forth. Oh, what we talked about earlier in getting our spirits purged from false teaching and conspiracy, that stuff keeps you back and forth, back and forth. Amen. It's every wind of doctrine. The Bible says that comes along because of cunningness and people with, who, who are purposely trying to play you. Amen. And he says, have nothing to do with it. We didn't get to that. I think it's in Ephesians. But here's the deal. He says, the one who doubts is like the sea. You go every which way. Do not let that person suppose I'll receive anything from the Lord. Well, it's like, you can't go back and forth, people. You got to believe. You got to believe. If you're not receiving anything, it's because you're choosing to bounce back and forth. It's not faith when I see what happens. It's faith when I don't see it yet. But I can't help but believe it. See, I got to deepen my believing that God is not finished with America. I got to deepen. I'm okay if he was because he would still take care of those who call on his name. But he's not. So he doesn't want me to act like he has. He wants me to pray. He wants me to intercede. He wants me to see these spirits lose their authority. Amen. How? He wants me to see a church like go a covering doctrine and grow up and mature and a people of God come together so they'll know us by our love for one another. Amen. He's serious about what he says and he's going to do it and your flesh won't like it because <laughs> your flesh is supposed to be crucified amen we do not want to be double sold not dependable in our ways we want to be able to be steady and overcome and trust God let the lowly brother rejoice as he's being lifted up and let the rich one rejoice when they're humiliated because all of that will pass away. We're not going to get all this. Go down to 112. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Okay. Blessed is the human being in here who endures being tempted. You say, no, I'm not looking at conspiracy stuff anymore. No, I'm not looking at pornography anymore. No, I'm not looking at the seductive thing anymore. I'm going to endure through this temptation. I'm going to be blessed because... Once I've been approved, I will get the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those one loving him. When I over, I'm an overcomer, when I enter into that identity and I'm going to please God and I'm not going to go this way and that way and that temptation is going to be under my feet. Don't you want to get to that place where those temptations are under your feet? And then we've got to pour that out on a, this generation that's there now and the generation, you kids' generation, the ones under you, those generations have had nothing but perversion and temptation and perversion and temptation. We've got to pray for an outpouring of God to cleanse them. Amen? And we got to be clean for that to happen. We want the crown of life, which the Lord promised to the ones loving him. 
Let no one be in tempted, say I'm tempted from God, for God is not tempted by evil and he can tempt no one. Okay, so God is not tempting you to be evil right now. Amen, he's tempting you. He's not tempting you, he's telling you overcome. He's telling you, you have everything you need to overcome. You have everything you need to overcome. Everything. So, oh well. If you think, well, what about my business? If you're in him and you tithe and you're obedient, you give, you're gonna be the one that stays in business if everybody else goes out. My beach house is gonna stay booked no matter what happens to the economy. Amen? I'm not backing down. God's letting me keep my stuff. If he wants me to give some away, I will. If he wants me to keep one of the houses because he's going to have people have to move in there, then fine, whatever. Satan can't, have my, Satan can't touch my stuff because my stuff belongs to God. He'd have to go to God and steal from God. Whoa. Good luck with that, exactly. You can, devil, you got to go talk to the owner of these houses. You're going to have to go talk to the owner. But devil, you need to go talk to the owner of this nation. Because you can't steal from him. He can set you up in a trap just like he did Pharaoh. He can have you get all full of yourself and harden your little heart and get your ugly little stuff out there where everybody can see how mean and hateful you are. And then you can start chasing, chasing, chasing. Thank God's on your side. You can even sit at all the people who know God and say, ha ha, we got you. And right with your ha ha moment, the waves come crashing down and completely destroy you and get rid of you. And even when that happens, realize the church is just in the wilderness. And then the church has to let God get Egypt out of the church. We aren't even there yet. So I'm choosing to get Egypt out now. So when we finally get into the wilderness and God rebuilds this nation and God takes us through that season of doing it his way, I can help people overcome and not be somebody struggling myself with temptation and sin and murmuring and complaining and not being grateful for everything God gives me and hoping that we don't have to take the long way around. Amen? If we want to say this is the Moses story, we better look at how long the Moses story is. Amen? <laughs> Amen? We got an Elijah and a Moses thing happening. Elijah destroyed the prophets of Baal, the false prophets. God is now destroying the false prophets that certain people we admire call rhymes with rake media. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. God's destroying the rake media. And <laughs> he's going to rake it up. Amen. Put, put it out like leaves <laughs> to go away. Amen. But while he's doing his God thing, amen, we're going to grow closer to God. Let's get Egypt out of us amen. so that we can be those in the forefront of bringing people through a wilderness correctly without murmuring and complaining and grumbling. As those who know God, trust, love, God, love. Let's pray that we can have leaders that come forth who do not miss it and strike the Lord and get kind of huffy and puffy and think more highly of themselves than they ought so they too can go into the promised land. Amen. And let's just remember, if we're going to do the Moses thing, what does the promised land have in it? A bunch of giants. 
And only a couple people through all of that still believed that God was bigger than those giants. So let's handle these little giants so when the time comes that the big giants show up, the people of God will know. God said, we can have it. We can have it. God says, we can take, we can take nations that are full of giants. Maybe some of the nations that are trying to destroy us. Ha! we can go in and see them moved into sheep nations instead of goat nations that they've been for so long. Maybe we got a God that's big enough to let us get in the face of the enemy in the name of Jesus and actually take ground for the kingdom. Amen. We got a lot to do. We got to get through the Red Sea. Amen. We got to quit being afraid when the water don't seem to be parting in time and Pharaoh's coming down close. We got to be happy that God is setting a trap. But then we got to get through that wilderness, people. And we got to get through without murmuring, complaining, being thankful and grateful for all that God has taken care of us. And then we've got to pray that the leaders do not get upset and listen to the people and get irritated and then hit what God says to speak to. Amen. And then after all that, we need to pray. That we are just like, who was it, Joshua and Caleb, who said, we can take this land God promises to us and let that be the nations that Satan has owned the longest. Whoa! And then we're going to have a great time. Amen? We have a lot ahead of us, so we are going to believe. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.